0: Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Are you glad you're in the house of the Lord? Yeah, let's stand together. Let's let our online family know that we are so glad they're here worshiping with us. Let's give them the loudest cheer. We love you all over the world. We love you. Thank you for joining us. I woke up this morning with a a verse from 2 Corinthians 9 that Pastor Candy was sharing a couple weeks ago. And you know, you can hear a verse a hundred times and then you hear it again and it's like it explodes in your heart. And it's that verse, it's some of your favorites that says, Now God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Always giving you all sufficiency in all things for an abundance of every good work. So how many of you are doing good works? The Lord's called you to do a good work. So let's punch somebody in the elbow and look at them and say, all things, all, gra- all things, all grace, all sufficiency in Jesus' name. And for you online, we speak that to every nation. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. So we just lift our voices in this room together right now. As Sandra said, and I believe this, that the Lord of heaven's armies is living and breathing Among us right now and he said I'm gonna shake heaven I'm gonna shake earth I'm gonna shake the darkness out and I'm going to bring blessings and fill this house with my splendor so come on let's lift our voice and begin to thank him together father we thank you today for every word Every word, every word, every promise we declare in this place today shall be fulfilled. And the anointing is going to rest on Pastor Kent and Candy, this worship team. We declare right now this room filled with the living, breathing God of heaven today in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your voice. Let's praise Him.
3: Yeah, yeah, come on, put your hands together, help us out. Oh, yeah, I was lost in shame, could not get past my blame. Then He called my name. Yeah, I'm so glad He changed me. Darkness helped. You are Jehovah, and I worship you. You are Jehovah, Jehovah, and I glorify you. There is no other, no no other other God like you. you Your name be praised. You are Jehovah, and I worship you. Well, you are Jehovah, Jehovah, and I glorify you. you. your day You are Jehovah, you might and I glorify you.
1: We pray. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up
3: the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of single with me. Come on. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. The only name. Lift up the name of Jesus. He's got the He's got the power. He's King of Game. Lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. Up Lift up the name of Jesus. 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 Be praised. I, I, I am. I am. I am. Which was it is is and is to come. come. You're the lion, the lion and the Lamb. Oh, Your train builds the temple. Jehovah still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus, By the power of the Holy Ghost, a new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone like it's a Jericho. Devil lost the battle.
1: battle
3: Devil lost a lost the battle
4: There's nothing like being in the house of the Lord when His presence is here. I had to go pick up supplies for our youth today, and I was just thinking, man, I can't wait to be in the presence of the Lord, because God never disappoints, and He always shows up to the house. Amen. Let's, uh, let's praise the Lord in our giving today. Let's turn our hearts to giving and, and say this offering declaration together, if you will repeat after me. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing Him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people.
5: Hello, Regeneration Nashville. How is everybody doing today? My goodness, did you enjoy our worship team today? Burton Gar, my goodness gracious, he just did amazing. Our little Jasmine is under the weather, and her little family, and uh, Burton Gar. I going to tell you, it is an amazing thing to have people who are talented in the in the church, but not only talented but anointed. And I'm going to tell you, that is very, very rare to find. And so I just want to give a shout out to Burton Gar. Thank you so much, Burton. He just found out that he was going to lead worship. And so I appreciate him. And I just want to give a shout out to the Isaacs family. This family, they they travel. Did y'all get in town this morning? Yeah, they travel on the bus all night long and come to church anyway. And I, we honor you for that. Thank you so much for your love for the house of the Lord. We honor this family. They carry the gospel around the world, and we love them. They're our family. So I want to recognize some folks that are here today. If we could just take a moment to do that. First of all, I'm going to start with Toronto Ontario Canada would you stand and let us honor you Actually, they told me Toronto and they're from a little teeny burg called Coburg and and when they told me that I said Oh, yeah, I've been there many times and they couldn't believe it So we're honored to have you all the way in Nashville today. I met somebody from Louisiana today Uh, Stand up Louisiana. Let us honor you And I met a lady today from Napa Valley, California. And she brought, she, she gets the prize for bringing the most to church today because she brought folks from the Tri Cities here in Tennessee and also from Surprise, Arizona. Did I get it right? Y'all stand and let us welcome you. We're honored to have you here. God bless you. God bless you thank you for being with us and so now I'm gonna have to put my glasses on okay so North Dakota I met a lady from North Dakota stand up honored to have you Paula glad to have you Paula Uh, and North Carolina I met North Carolina where's North Carolina stand yes God bless you God bless you Um, let's see Florida where is Florida hi there honored to have you Uh, Indiana where is Indiana Indiana oh yes there you are welcome to Nashville Um, and Indiana did I I said Indiana Missouri where is Missouri stand up Missouri let us welcome you (laughs) I bless you and uh, so also we have friends who have now become family That are we claim them. They're from Omaha, Nebraska, but we're going to make Nashvillians out of them because they're by Churchill, right? So they are they go to church at Brother Hank Cooneman's and then about half the time we got them here. Stand and let us honor you. (laughs) Honored to have you. They are just my favorite, favorite people. So do I miss anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, where? west virginia stand up birthday girl let us welcome you honored to have you god bless you yes ma'am bowling green kentucky stand bowling green let us welcome you we're honored to have you here we'll just claim you as our next door neighbors over there anybody else yes ma'am from which baxter tennessee well we're honored to have you anybody from Tennessee in the house today <laughs> so I, I'm sorry I missed one more South Dakota South Dakota stand and let us welcome you do we have North and South Dakota represented here how wonderful well we're just honored to have you all here so uh, uh, have I missed anybody else Okay, so I just want to announce to you that our youth ministry, God is moving in our youth ministry, and I am so just amazed at what God is doing in our youth. And Pastor Nicholas is our youth pastor, and we honor him for what he's doing, the work that he's doing, but he's continually taking them to the ramp and places where they can catch on fire. You know, some things can't be taught. It's got to be caught. And those kids are catching fire. And I just I'm just gonna speak by I'm I'm gonna speak by inspiration of the Holy Ghost that our youth our youth will not need to have their names written on the wall of a church because they're prodigals. Because they're catching on fire in the Holy Ghost, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. So our community groups sign up. If you are wanting to host a community uh, group, sign up. Uh, today in the lobby is your day to do that. October the 27th and the 28th, we're going to have camp meeting in a tent. <laughs> oh, Pastor Kent has, has long been excited about this uh, tent revival. We have Brother Tony Suarez going to be with us. And also uh, Pastor Karen Wheaton from The Ramp. And so it's going to be an amazing and amazing time. So I don't know. You're playing. What are we playing? What are we singing? I don't know. What, what key you in? F. Any of them, he said. I said, what key you in? He said, any of them. I believe you.
6: Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody mm, do me like the Lord. Can't nobody. Come on, sing it, church. Do me like Jesus. He's my friend. You Uma...
7: You be seated today because we're just going to kind of read our text in sections um, I'm really not sure where we're going today um, but wherever it is it's going to be good hallelujah um, I just want to I want to encourage you because I feel this so strong in my spirit Everything is all right. God is right on time. Hallelujah. There are no surprises in heaven. God has never yet in the history of his existence ever looked at an angel and said, Wow, I didn't see that coming. If he knows what we're going to ask for even before we ask, He also knows what the enemy's up to and uh, I I, today I just felt such a peace that he is in control, hallelujah that God knows the end from the beginning. Um, We're going to touch on a little bit from what we started last week but uh, this passage of scripture just really began to get in my spirit. And uh, we're going to just, I'm going to read a verse out of Acts chapter 2. We're actually going to really preach through, um, I want to really pull out about the first eight verses. How many is familiar with Acts chapter 2? If you're in this church, you're probably familiar with Acts chapter 2. Amen. It is it is the um, foundation of who we are amen i love what paul said he said i am not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ hallelujah for it is the power of god hallelujah to all who believe and uh, may god Uh, In this hour, raise up men and women who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Who are proud. I'm proud to be called a Christian. Hallelujah. I'm proud to bear the name of Jesus. I'm proud to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, um, we're going to tie some things together here, but um, man... um, there is there is an elevation taking place, and I recently just begin to to begin to see this. But um, how many is familiar with the Old Testament tabernacle? You have the you have the outer court, and then you have the holy place, and then you have the holiest of holies. But there is, there is such a type right here, and I believe that God is getting ready to do something in this realm. But when, when you read the scriptures, though, the outer court had uh, the, the brazen labor made out of brass. And then when you got in the inner court, in that inner court, of course, there was the table of showbread, and there was the table. The, 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 uh, Menorah, the golden lampstands. And then when you got into the holiest of holies, there was no light in there. There was just the presence of God Almighty. And the Bible says that he was the light. But the tabernacle is Jesus. Because when you begin to read what what John said, he said, "I, I saw him. And he said his feet were like brass. Then he said, and I looked in his hands, and I saw the golden lampstand. And then he said, when I saw him, he was the light of heaven. So we've always looked at the tabernacle as something that is horizontal. But I believe that what God is doing is he is taking the tabernacle because it is Jesus. His feet are brass. In his hands are the golden lampstands. And then his head represents, hallelujah, the light, the glorious light of God. I believe that what's happening is God is taking the tabernacle from a horizontal place and he's standing it up. This is where you and I now begin to be seated with Christ in heavenly places and that means that we are sitting in the presence of the almighty God. And so there are, there are so many beautiful types and shadows in the scripture. But in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. When you begin to study the Old Testament, we know there are seven feasts. The fifth feast, or the the first feast is the tabernacle. The second one is is the unleavened bread. The third one is the waving of the sheaves. And the fourth one is Pentecost. The fifth one will be the blowing of the trumpets. The sixth one will be the day of atonement. And the seventh one will be the feast of ingathering. But Pentecost started a change it precipitated grace Pentecost took God out of one dispensation of how he dealt with men and it interjected him into another dispensation to where God is now dealing radically different from how he used to deal with men and so Pentecost is a new creation Something brand new. It's God is doing something that's never been done in the earth. And so the scripture says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Pentecost could not come until the 50th day after the waving of the sheeps. You could not delay it and you could not speed it up because the seven feasts are a prophetic calendar of what God is doing in the earth. We've seen four of them fulfilled. The next one that will be fulfilled is the blowing of the trumpets. I believe that the blowing of the trumpets is the rapture of the church that God is going to take you and I out. Pentecost, hallelujah, precipitates or follows the waving of the sheaves. The waving of the sheaves was declaring this. This is not the harvest. This is the beginning of harvest. And they would take the first fruits of the waving of the sheaves. And they would tithe it to God. Because they were declaring something greater was coming. I'm declaring to you by the word of the Lord. That there is a great harvest coming to the house of God. We are not on the decline. We are on the increase. We are not dying. But we are in the middle of resurrection. We are not yet the outer court uh, we are not in the holy of holies uh, or we are entering into the divine presence of the Lord uh, there are some things that cannot happen until the timetable of God says they are going to happen Man can decry it, he can declare it, but it cannot happen until God says it's time. There are some things that we as the church are wanting God to do, but God cannot do them until the right timing comes in the spirit realm. And it doesn't matter what you do. You know, I preached for almost 50 years before God ever released what I had been declaring my whole ministry. This, hallelujah, is a result of the timing of God. God didn't need me to be a prophet years ago. He needed me to be a voice in this hour. He didn't need a church like this 20 years ago. He needed a church that would be bold and full of the Holy Ghost uh, and able to walk in signs and wonders and miracles uh, that there would be an army of believers that would come together hand in hand and declare we will not bow down. We will not acquiesce but we will stand by the power and the anointing of the Lord. You are first fruits today in this building. You are the beginning of something that God is causing to blossom in the Holy Ghost. The hand of God is upon you. You are not
2: an accident. You are not an afterthought. But you were born in the very bosom of God, and the hand of the Lord is upon you.
7: So Pentecost, when it came, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, it meant that over that 50-day period, there had to be things that would happen. At the beginning of that, what had to happen was there had to be crucifixion. And in the part of that, there also had to be resurrection. And then there had to be an an ascension. And then there had to be 40 days where Jesus just hung out and talked about the kingdom of the Lord. But then there are a 10-day period that it looks like that God left, and it's over. So when you go to Luke, I think it's chapter 24, when God is getting ready, Jesus is getting ready to leave, he looks at his disciples, and he says, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be clothed with the ability or the power of God. I, it is a dangerous thing to go to war and not be equipped. There are many people that got ahead of God. They were premature, and they interjected themselves into a battle that they were not prepared to fight. And God is not going to allow the church in this hour to be pushed into the battle that we're getting ready to go into until the church is fully prepared and fully armored in order that when we go into this battle, we will not be defeated, but we will be triumphant in the Lord. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place and one accord. The only prayer that I can think of that Jesus prayed that has not yet been answered in its fullness is, he said, Father, I pray that you would make them one, even as we are one. The worst thing, one of the worst things that ever happened to the church was the birthing of denominations. Because it birthed division in the body of Christ. Denominations were birthed out of revelation. But they were never meant to stop there or to build a doctrine in itself around that. And now we have all of these spirit-filled and non-spirit-filled denominations. We're still called the church, but there is so much schism in the body of Christ that the Pentecost cannot fully arrive because we are not in one place and we are not in one accord. There has to be a laying-down of theological swords, uh, not the very basic of what the Bible teaches, uh, but you got to get past uh, where you baptized in Jesus' name or were you baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, if you've been baptized in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost, uh, you just included Jesus. Hallelujah. So, I don't really care. Jesus said, baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and the disciples baptized them in the name of Jesus. So I don't really care which way you've been baptized. What is important is you need to go down in the waters of baptism by faith. and when you are
2: resurrected in the waters, the hand of God is upon you. All things pass away, all things become new.
7: We should not be drawing swords over speaking in tongues. If you don't want to speak in tongues, I don't have any problem with that. Just be born again. Just don't be surprised if you don't walk in the fullness of the power of casting out demons and raising the dead. Somewhere in those 10 days, unity got loose in that room. You have to remember, too, they don't know what they're waiting for. So they get in. Prophecy has come into fulfillment. Here's the thing. When Pentecost, the 50th day, came, on the 10th day they were in the room, the 120 or so that were in the room didn't know Pentecost had fully come. If they'd have truly understood the seven feasts, they would have recognized, they would have sat in that room and said, guys, two more days. And then Pentecost is fully fulfilled and something's going to happen in this room. They didn't know what was, they, they had no idea. All that they, they knew was Jesus said, go hang out in, in the city of Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. So here they are, they're in this room. Get this back on my ear. Houston, we have a problem. Thank you. Now, this is what I want you to see when prophecy comes to fullness in the timetable of God. And people are where God told them to be. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, remember I told you in Luke 24, the Lord says, tarry ye in Jerusalem God has specifics. The word tarry, in every instance that you read it, it literally means to sit down. So the Lord is telling them, he said, I need you to go into Jerusalem, and I need you to sit down. What's the scripture say? It filled all the house where they were sitting. Why? Because sitting denotes rest, and rest is the outward sign of faith. And so God says, I need you to go in that room, and I need you to rest. I need you to sit down. I don't need you to be agitated. Did you know in Proverbs it says that anxiety causes depression? There should be no depression in the house of the Lord. Even when me and my wife lived broke for years, and we drove one old van and we lived in an old apartment and we had a stack of bills every month that we couldn't pay. Our credit cards were maxed out, our ministry was non-existent. When people would say, How are you doing? We would say, We're blessed of the Lord. Why? Because we learned to rest in the position that God told us to get into. And you're gonna have to get past Q and conspiracy theories and what the media is saying and all the agitation that's going on and Trump being indicted and all of these other people being indicted. That has nothing to do when God says Pentecost is fully come. There's going to be a suddenly that's going to catch the enemy off guard. They didn't see it coming. They don't know what God's going to do. The devil has no idea what God has up his sleeve. But when God says prophecy has come into fullness and there is the release of the anointing of the Lord suddenly there comes a sound hallelujah from heaven in fact um, I don't know if it sounded like a trumpet but it says, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And then this is interesting, verse 3, it says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire. And it set upon each of them, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. When you go back to the book of Genesis... And God has created Adam. The Bible says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. One of the meanings is it, he literally sends a wind into Adam. Adam is on the ground in the position of rest. God has created Adam in rest. And he gets down when Adam is at rest and he breathes into him. There is this rushing, mighty wind that hits his nostrils and goes into his lungs, expands them, and God sets into motion this breathing of in and out. And the moment the breath of God, the life of God hits Adam, it energizes and brings life to every facet that Adam was created in. When Adam opens his mouth, He begins to speak a language that he has never been taught. He begins to speak. What was it? It was was an uninquired language. It was the language that God spoke. If you don't think this was a powerful language, this is over in... This is in Genesis, I think it's chapter 11. And the whole earth, verse 1, was of one language and one speech. You know what they were speaking? They were speaking the language that God released at creation. And it came to pass, uh, in fact, let's, let's just go um, verse 6. And the Lord said, behold, the people are one and they have all one language. And this they will begin to do, and nothing will be restrained from them. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now we can go back to the book of Acts. You have for all sense and purposes... You have a body of believers that look like they're dead. They are not moving, they are in the position of rest, but God has placed them there. Suddenly, hallelujah, when Pentecost is fulfilled prophetically, there comes a sound from heaven. Why is God doing this? Because for the first time since he's created Adam, God is birthing a new creation of men and women. It's not a creation of physical bodies. It is the creation of a spirit group of men and women who will have the very nature of Almighty God. What does God do when he decides to make a new creation? Didn't Paul say, for we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The moment that God says it's time for a new creation of men and women to come to life. The Bible says that out of heaven, suddenly God breathes into that room and there comes a sound. What is that sound? It is a heavenly language that the Lord is giving them. The physical uh, sign of this was there were tongues like as a fire that set upon each of them. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Now, I got to go back for a moment. We remember last week that God gives Adam dominion. That was part of that creation, that natural creation. One of the problems is, for you and I, we live in a physical body. When you do not walk in the spirit, the language that the devil speaks is called the language of unbelief. And when you do not walk in the spirit, but you are walking as a natural man, your senses are what responds to the language of unbelief, if it can feel the knot, if it can hear the bad report, if it can see the disaster, your natural senses automatically believe what the language of the devil is speaking. This is why you have to learn as many as are led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, your senses cannot make you believe a lie. The devil is a liar, and everything that he says is a lie. But when you walk in the Spirit, hallelujah, you begin to hear the language, the pure language of God. And when you have that, listen, you're not just on Pentecost they were not just hearing God speak they were beginning to speak back to God they were speaking a pure language what is the language that God speaks it's the it's language of faith so we know that that dominion or authority was given away through sin when Jesus was on the earth He was not operating in the authority that the first Adam operated in. He was operating in a different level of authority that had come straight from heaven. We know that he walked in authority because the the scribes and the Pharisees, when they went to hear him, they went back and told the high priest, they said, this guy doesn't talk like everybody else. He doesn't talk like the scribes. For he speaks as one who has authority. That's why he could look at the man of Gadara and tell the devil, you are coming out. All 6,000 of you. That's why he could look at a dead man and say, you're getting up out of the coffin. Why? Because he spoke with authority. There is a dimension that God is trying to bring you and I into. uh, That instead of moaning and always saying, God, please do this, do this, do this. God say no, get up, hallelujah. And you walk in the dominion that I speak the God language. Uh, And when you begin to speak the language that God has given you, uh, you are able to declare to the enemy uh, that you are defeated. So the first thing that Jesus did when he was released from his natural body through death is Ephesians says that he went into hell. Why did he do that? We know that there were two two reasons. One was he was going to take captive all of the Old Testament saints and release them from Sheol. And after Jesus put the blood on the mercy seat, they were going to go into heaven. But the other thing was was that Jesus knew in 50 days there is going to be a birthing of a new creation in Jerusalem. It's a, no wonder Jesus is picking Jerusalem to have the millennial reign for 1,000 years. It's where he was born in that area in Bethlehem, He was crucified in Jerusalem. He was resurrected in Jerusalem. The church was resurrected in Jerusalem. Out of Jerusalem went the entire gospel. The disciples came out of Jerusalem. And so the Lord's going to end this up in Jerusalem. And that Jesus, hallelujah, will rule and reign out of Jerusalem for the millennial reign of 1,000 years. And the devil will be bound for that 1,000 years. So it's going to be a glorious time. But Jesus went into hell... Because he had to retrieve the authority that he originally gave to Adam when he gave Adam his language. And when he gave Adam his language, he gave him dominion. Now the Lord is saying, I cannot birth a new creation unless I am also going to give them dominion. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Lord loosed, hallelujah, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what happened here? The the tongues of fire that set upon each of them was God was giving them a language. So now you, you get in the scriptures here. Verse 6 of Acts 2, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. They were confused because they heard every man then speaking in his own language. This was not babbling. This was actual languages that existed in the earth. And God fills them now with the language of the unbeliever. And it's of every nation under heaven. And verse 7, on all of these men, they're all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilean. They can't figure it out. They said, these guys have never been raised around us. They don't know our language. They don't speak our language. And yet, we hear every man, in verse 8, in our own tongue. Parthenians, Medes, Amalites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phagilia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. We hear them speak in our tongues. What was the language that, what were they declaring in this language? Why did God allow them? Because in this day and age, many of us, our prayer language is not a language that's on the earth. It's a language of angels. It's not Spanish. It's not Russian. It's not Italian. It's not German. It is a heavenly language. Yet the initial baptism of the church was Actual languages that were in the earth. Why? Because God was wanting the whole earth to hear about him. So what were they declaring in the language of the unbeliever? We hear them speak, verse 11, in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we know that this happens. It's been documented down through time that someone would get up in a service <clears throat> and begin to give a message in tongues. And somebody from another country that didn't believe in God would be in the back. And all of a sudden, they would come and say, how did you know what what I was saying? Or how did you know my name? Or how did you know this? Because you spoke in my language. There are documented incidents, incidents of where men have been in foreign countries and had not mastered the language and get up and preach. And they would begin to preach in the language of that nation. So what are we seeing in this hour? There is something getting ready to happen by the Spirit of the Lord where God is going to release a language... Paul talks about this in Corinthians when he said, when you speak in tongues, it edifies the church. But when the unbeliever understands what you're saying, it gives them understanding. There is something getting ready to happen in the atmosphere of the house of the Lord. There is a Pentecost that is absolutely imminent in this hour. We have not walked in what they walked in in the book of Acts. Yet we know that the Lord said the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Uh, Initially speaking of Christ and and, then the first Adam. But he's also declaring the church that God is releasing hallelujah in the atmosphere. So you and I today are in an upper room and we're sitting. But why are we here? Because the Lord said, Forsake not the assembling of thyself together, even more so, what? As you see the last days approaching, what is happening in this hour? Suddenly, there is going to
2: be release.
7: It's interesting that. God uses fire in the book of Acts as an outward sign of what he's doing. And it says, tongues of fire. And the word tongues literally means an unlearned language. And when they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, There was a change in behavior. We know this because the Bible says that many accused them of being drunk. So obviously somebody drank wine in that day and it wasn't grape juice. Because you can't get drunk on Welch's grape juice. But you also have to remember that the culture was different than it is in this day. But the point is, is that when the wine of the Spirit, I think it's Paul said, be ye not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. That when you get filled with the Spirit... There is a release. Thank you. <clears throat> there is a release of a change of behavior. You know, we, you go on YouTube and you can watch some of the old Pentecostal services and some of them are embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, guys running and doing a headlong flip into a baptistry and... <clears throat> There are also religious spirits that get a hold of people and make them do things that's not God. Let everything be done decently in order, but whatever the Spirit is doing is decent and it's in order. But sometimes God will allow there to be a move of the Spirit that overrides our propriety and our pride. You know, we want God, but we want to be in control. And you can't be in control when you're full of the Holy Ghost. God uses tongues as a fire. They begin to speak a language that they've never heard. And when they begin to speak this God-given ability, this language they begin to declare the wonderful works of God. I would love to hear what they were saying. But it was of such power and of such creativeness from God that in one day, what three and a half years of ministry and miracles could not do to the life of Jesus, it took one day for just a few minutes of a new creation speaking in a God-given language that sinners understood, that told of the wondrous works of God, that 3,000 People got saved, hallelujah, and filled with the Holy Ghost. So you say, how is it going to be a last great harvest? I've got a feeling, oh, that there is another release that suddenly, hallelujah, we're going to be in the house of the Lord and suddenly there's going to be released out of heaven a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. May the Spirit of God begin to blow across this building right now in the name of the Lord. I hear God saying, there is a wind of liberty getting ready to sweep every continent in the world because the Lord said, I told you uh, that the nations are your inheritance, uh, and I'm gonna make the devil take his hands uh, off of your inheritance, uh, and I'm gonna give it back to the church. Uh, and the last move of the Lord uh, is gonna be release uh, of a heavenly language uh, that we have not known. men I have not seen and earn not heard. Uh, neither is it into the hearts of men uh, those things that God has prepared for those that love Him. When Jesus went into the heart of the earth, he was retrieving. Because the disciples, when they were with Jesus and the 70, when they went out and did miracles, they were not doing it with their own authority. They were doing it under the delegated authority That Jesus released to them. He said, I'm giving you power. But we also know that when Jesus was crucified, that the authority that they had walked in disappeared. Say, how do we know that? Because every one of them forsook Jesus. And they were terrified. I mean, you got Peter denying Jesus. You got Judas selling him out. You got the other disciples running everywhere. Where are the crowds of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was being crucified? Where are all the ones that Jesus healed? Where's the demoniac of Gadara? Where's the lepers that he cleansed, all ten of them? None of them were around because the authority was not there. When you do not have authority, you will be intimidated by those who have it, even when it is illegal. And the problem with the church is we are bowing down to an illegal spirit of authority that's in the earth. You may have power. You must realize that when Jesus came up from the grave, he did not strip the devil of his power. He stripped him of his authority. And when in this hour, no wonder they're pulling off the things they're doing and creating coronavirus. Have you noticed that they're now setting us up for another virus? The media's already warned us there's another one coming. How do you know that unless you've created it? If it ain't here yet, how do you know it? But just in case you need to take this shot, you need to take this vaccine, somewhere, hallelujah, there is a day of Pentecost experience by the word of the Lord that prophetically is getting ready to happen in the atmosphere, and we may be sitting in a room right now in one accord in one place, but it's going to take us suddenly out of heaven, hallelujah. And when that suddenly hits by the power of God, you're going to begin to talk different, you're going to begin to speak different. You're going to get around your family and you're going to begin to declare the wondrous works of the Lord. And they're going to go, I never heard that. How can you lead me to Christ? You're going to baptize them in the Holy Ghost by your testimony. There is another language that's being released by the Spirit of the Lord. We curse the language of the devil today in the name of Jesus. Every lying, demon,
2: spirit of unbelief, we declare you are mute
7: why do you think that Lord would all oh, Jesus Lord, tell devils shut up don't speak because he didn't want to hear their language he'd been hearing it ever since Adam fell He was getting ready to speak something new. Behold, I do a new thing. I was—I um, don't know if I can find this. I wasn't planning. I think it's in um, in Isaiah. I, I just, boy, this just really leaped in my spirit. This is an Isaiah. Verse 5, hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, they sh- that cast you out for my name's sake, and said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendeth recompense to his enemies. Notice this is all about voice. Before she travails, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. And, and this is talking about the church age. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to birth, and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth, and shut the womb, saith thy God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her, and rejoice for joy with her, and all ye that mourn with her." God is doing something so quick by the Spirit of the Lord. When the Lord, on the day of Pentecost, it's like, we know this, that Jesus is called the last Adam, and he's called the first fruit of many brethren. So on the day of Pentecost in that room, it was like a birthing room. Of multiple babies. The church. The first time she gave birth. Gave birth to 120 babies. At once. Babies. When they come forth. They can't talk. <clears throat> they learn the language. Of those that they're raised around. This is why you have to be careful who you hang out with. Because you're going to talk like them. Hallelujah. There's people, I, I, ain't, I ain't going with you. I can't hear what you have to say. Because evil, com, uh, 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 evil companions will affect you. When God births this new creation of of much fruit in that room he gives them a heavenly language i would have loved to have heard god's conversation with adam because adam has have he is conversing with god out of only god knowledge he doesn't know how to operate out of senses He's never had sin. He's never fallen. He only has the nature of God in him. So there must have been an incredible revelation that when, when the Lord, in fact, the Bible says that God did not, God did not name the animals. He waited till he birthed Adam. And Adam had so much God in him. Science says that we probably use less than 10% of our brain. I would assume that Adam was operating with a lot more than 10% of his brain. So God is communing with this Natural being that looks like him and has his nature in him, and they are conversing. This language is so powerful. And, And then God would look at Adam and say, what's that? Adam will go, well, that's a gorilla. Why? Because he thought like God thought. It was like a telepathy or something because Jesus said this, the words that I speak are the words that I hear my father speak. So when you hang out with Jesus, hallelujah, and you see something that the enemy wants to intimidate you with, you're going to speak what the Holy Ghost is saying. It's crazy to be intimidated by something you don't believe in. That's that's one of the things that I can't figure out about the liberals. If you don't believe in God and you don't believe in the Bible, then why does the Bible bother you so much? You know, if somebody comes and tells me there's been a a, a Bigfoot sighting on your property, I'm not going home and set out cameras and get my gun out. You know why? Because I don't believe in Bigfoot. So I don't care what kind of pictures you got or how many people that, that you th- say that saw it. I don't believe in Bigfoot. So I'm not worried about Bigfoot, and I'm going to go to sleep tonight, and I'm not going to worry about it because you don't worry about something you don't believe in. And so in the same dimension, I'm not going to worry about the devil ruling the world because I don't believe he can. I'm not going to worry about America going into communism because it was birthed by our forefathers with the constitution of liberty. So I'm telling you there's going to be a reversal in the spirit of the Lord. And God is just going to step up and say, that's enough of that nonsense. And he's going to put a stop to it. And the church, hallelujah, is going to rise up in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to speak the words of the Father. Look at the difference authority makes. They go from hiding out in a room for 10 days, having no idea what is going to happen. And when they are endued or they're clothed with the ability of God, that's what it means in Luke 24. When they're clothed with the ability of God, the authority, that the enemy has been operating in for all of those 4,000 years, is now given back to them. I don't think Jesus gave him his authority. I think he gave them the authority that he had given Adam. Because Jesus didn't leave without his authority. He said all power or all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. The problem was Jesus cannot do what he needs to do, even though he has all of authority, if the body doesn't have authority. And the biggest problem in the church today is we're serving a God that has all of authority, but we have become a body of believers that honors him with our lips but our hearts are far from us. I told my wife yesterday, I said, true worship has nothing to do with lyrics and music. That's one of the greatest fallacies that ever got in the body of Christ is we say, well, we're, we're in worship. One writer said, Christians are the only ones who sing their lives. Because... You know, modern worship has evolved into nothing can be fast and only a guitar can be led and nobody over 30 can be on the platform and worship's coming out of people that are sleeping together and smoking pot (laughs) and cursing like... And drinking shots of liquor on on in, at nice restaurants. And then we get up on the platform. And the Lord says this about it in the Old Testament. He says, I do not accept your burnt offerings. He said, you honor me with your lips. Great worship is lifestyle. Doesn't have anything to do with singing. I, you know, I, I thank God for, for Burton. I thought Burton did the best he's ever done today leading worship. And I thank the Lord that we have... Another worship leader that is so gifted and talented, uh, alongside Jasmine. But and I thank God for the worship. But that is not the ultimate worship. Worship is when you go home today, or you get up in the morning, and the enemy wants you to do something contrary to the Holy Spirit, and you say, "I'm not doing that because I'm not going to offend the Holy Ghost in me." God says, "Oh my, I smell a sweet saving fragrance. I'm coming up and." To my throne room. What is that? That is worship. The Lord seeketh such to worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. So I'm trying to get to this one point. I won't hold you too much longer. He gives them authority. In fact, a couple points. When they get authority, everything changed. The same guy that had denied Jesus three times and took an oath and cursed him. Hallelujah. He's sitting over there in the side of the room, and he's dejected. He's beating himself up, and he can't get past what I did when my sweet Savior was crucified. He's sitting over there, and all of a sudden, hallelujah, this sound comes like a rushing mighty wind, and it ushers in. Tongues like a fire. And he looked at that. And the next thing you know, it set down on him. And when it set down on Peter, all of a sudden he begins to Sitolo bo bo satala basandai. Now it was a foreign language to him. But the guys that were outside that came in go, well, I hear you glorifying the Lord, the same one that you denied. And they said, nah, he's just drunk. And all of a sudden the authority hit him. He stood up He said, we are not drunk men as ye suppose but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days saith the Lord will I pour out my spirit on all flesh your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants and my hand I will pour out of my spirit he's not afraid of dying He's not afraid of crucifixion. He's not afraid of jail. In fact, his life from that moment on is one prison to the next, and it dies upside down. What what, was it? He had authority of the Holy Ghost in him, and the enemy could not intimidate him. The last part of this is the the language that God gave them had a physical manifestation to it. said it was fire. And they called it tongues. Well, James says this. He says the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. He said... It's just unruly. It won't do anything it's supposed to do. So God says, you know, because at, at Babel, they're speaking, the scripture calls it a pure language. This language, even though they're not believers anymore, has such a residue in it. It is so pure, it's so powerful yeah. that God said, even not even though they're not believers there's nothing that will be restrained from them. It, was, it had creative power. So the Lord says, the only way that I can stop them from accomplishing what they want in the earth is I will bring confusion to them, and I will bring multiple languages. All right, so when multiple languages hit that culture... It brought confusion. Yeah, right. And, you know, five minutes before, the guy said, hand me that brick. And the guy hands him the brick, and now he needs another brick. He goes, <laughs> and the guy goes, <laughs> and they're looking at each other, and they, they're thinking. They're trying to talk to each other. It's gone. confusion. You know what happens? The tower stops. I can't be funny. But you know I'm telling the truth. It had to happen exactly like that. God said, watch this. And boom, he hit them and they're all talking in all kinds of languages and they they cannot communicate. So when the unbelievers... Have multiple languages given to them by God because they're not believers, confusion steps in, and the the very purpose of the enemy is stopped. On the day of Pentecost, he reverses it. Instead, he loses multiple languages. But this time he puts people in a room. Now, not everybody understood everybody that was speaking. Most theologians believe that there were 70 nations represented that day because it represents the amount of nations in the earth and that every nation heard, hallelujah, the gospel. <clears throat> when God releases out of heaven tongues an Unacquired language, instead of bringing confusion, it brought unity. Harababo Sunday. Hallelujah. Why? Because they are now speaking of the wonderful works of God. So why would God attach tongues? of fire. Why would he attach fire? Because when there was the sound from heaven, there's the rushing mighty wind, just like what happens when Adam is created, and now, you know, Adam's given the pure language, and so God is to this new creation, releasing a pure language to a new creation for fellowship. And the moment that this is initiated out of heaven, the Bible says that These tongues of fire set upon each of them. The only other time I can remember in the scriptures where fire was used and it didn't burn them or consume it was where? Burning bush. It said, and the bush was not consumed. What was that whole thing about? That was bringing the body of Christ out of Egyptian bondage into their inheritance. Now, the reason I think that fire was used because the scripture says that our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. So, there are so many multifaceted aspects to what's going on in this room. They're they're sitting like God told them to and... And it's an uneducated bunch of people. It's not, and also, it is outside of the established church of that day. Unless denominations repent. For Their pride and their arrogance and their division in the body of Christ, and I'm gonna even go farther than that a Jezebel spirit that rules in a head office if we're by men that haven't pastored for 30 years and want to dictate the policy of a local church. Listen, as long as, as I helped birth this thing and preached to hardly anybody for years and fasted and prayed and sought God. I ain't about to let somebody come in now that we got it all working and we got a great crowd that's going to say, now, you know what? We need to form a little coalition and and all you need to do is preach. The moment that happens, the anointing of God leaves this building and God gets up and walks out of the building. Hallelujah. So, you're just going to have to trust me that we're going to be good stewards of what God has given us by the power of the Lord and by the Spirit of the Lord all of a sudden our God is a consuming fire and in this room there is visible individual flames of fire on each person and it is a sign that they are now declaring out of a regenerated creative power from God the wondrous works of the Lord it was also a sign to the devil because the last thing that God is going to create to permanently control the devil is a lake of fire and on the day of Pentecost God was saying you know what this is where it starts It's going to start as tongues of little flames, but by the time I'm done with you, big boy, I'm going to take all of that Holy Ghost fire, and I'm going to make a lake out of it, and then I'm going to put you in it with your devil and the fallen angels and all of the wicked, and that's where I'm going to confine you by the Spirit of the Lord. I believe that we're getting ready to physically, hallelujah, begin to see signs, wonders, and miracles in the atmosphere by the power of God. You say, how? Listen, we are not going to win the world. I thank God for this service. I thank God for the anointing. But it's going to take more than what we have today to change the world. You're used to this, and you like this kind of preaching, and you like my style, and and all of that. But the world doesn't know Jesus. Hallelujah. They don't know who God is. So there's going to have to be another visitation of the presence of the Lord. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, you know why God has released so much prophecy in the atmosphere? Because it is declaring Pentecost it's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. And so God says on Sundays, tarry ye hallelujah in that heavenly atmosphere because there is a power from on high that's coming upon you by the spirit of the Lord. You have in you right now the inherent DNA of Jesus Christ. That you are speaking the language. You are speaking a pure language of God. There is nothing, says the Lord, that faith cannot do. But, oh, Abraham, being fully persuaded, not considering his own body now dead, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, who against hope still had hope that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. God will do it again. Yeah. Stand with me. Yeah. Say, Pastor, how do you know this is the going to happen? Because it's the law of first mention. However, God starts something is how he finishes it. So, it doesn't matter. All the people that say, well, we don't speak in tongues. It was for that day. No. It's the law of first mention. God is going to finish with the exact same pattern that he started with. Hallelujah. Oh, there are so many times I get into prayer and I don't really, I don't have a leading. And I don't really know what to pray. So I said, Holy Ghost, why don't you pray for a while and I'll come into agreement with you. So yeah Sunday And in my mind I'm saying, Amen. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. Say, Pastor Ken, that's that's silly. Only to the natural man. For the natural man cannot comprehend the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness to him. But the spirit man, hallelujah, discern the things of the spirit. And when you loose your prayer language, you are speaking a pure language that doesn't bring confusion. But this time... It's bringing unity. Prayer partners, come. This is is not a message today for you to come receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. I hope that you understand that we are headed somewhere and that there are earmarks, there are signposts, you know, when when you're driving, you know, you're, Say you're driving to Memphis, and you, every 30, 40 miles, you'll see a sign that says Memphis 170, Memphis 130, Memphis 50. There are signposts in this book. And I'm telling you, by the Spirit of the Lord, if you can see it, I'm seeing signs that are saying Pentecost one day left. Pentecost, hallelujah. One week. You just got to remain in a place <clears throat> over your prodigals. The most effective way you can pray over them is pray in the Holy Ghost. Right. Hallelujah, because then it's the Holy Spirit declaring through a pure language. And remember this, the devil Cannot understand tongues. <clears throat> he can't. He just stands there and goes, "Man, I wish I knew what they were saying, but it's confusion to him." Hallelujah! 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 Why don't we just, for a moment, raise our hands? Let's let's give the Holy Spirit a moment just to kind of set the tone. <clears throat> Come on, raise up your voices. We're Pentecostals. You don't even have to pray in tongues, but just begin to declare in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, release it.
1: Lord,
7: we're looking for a sound from heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If you need a prayer partner, come on, real quickly, if you need a prayer partner, you want somebody to come into agreement with you, this is your invitation. Come quickly. Hallelujah. Before we come as a church. Oh, thank you, Lord.
3: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. This is how, this is how I fight my battles. Mm, yeah, this is how I fight my battles. Mm, yeah, yeah, this is how I fight my. Battles. Mm, yeah, yeah. Is how. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.
5: Hey,
4: pastor. Come
7: on coming, Let's let's fill the front up and. I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit to let you begin to speak the language of heaven. Hallelujah. That God language that Adam spoke and what came on the day of Pentecost. Come on, quickly. Let's fill up the front. Our prayer partners are here. We're going to pray for the sick now. How many will ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now? over this lady hallelujah that we are releasing the word of the lord every time i pray for somebody in a wheelchair i do expect i am expecting god to do it hallelujah we are expecting god to do it let's get up as close as we can we got a little bit of room and a whole lot of people in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.
5: Pastor, this is Betty from North Carolina. Betty. Her name is Betty from North Carolina, and she has ALS.
7: Amen. How long you had it? Or how long has it had you? Two years? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Today, we take authority over ALS. Hallelujah. Betty, you're in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, God, we declare, I command this demon spirit, of ALS to come out of Betty's body. Now Holy Spirit, hallelujah, flow through me, through my hands. Come into Betty's body. Let the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, hit her in the name of the Lord. God has suddenly, a suddenly, Hallelujah! A suddenly, oh, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, that our legs, Hallelujah, God, that our feet, in the name of the Lord, God, we come, we declare a whole new muscle system, in the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. Oh, Ria Baba go in the name of the Lord. I cast you out of this woman of God's body. Lord, we declare that she will walk again. That Lord, when the trumpet sounds, Betty whole, full of the Holy Ghost, declaring the wondrous works of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, only you can do this. Now flow through this church. Flow through me in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, according to your word, let it be in Jesus' name
5: this is, right, bo bo this is Jackie from Murfreesboro, right here in Tennessee. Brain aneurysm, and it has caused the effects of her eye and difficulty walking. Jackie. Her name is Jackie.
1: Amen.
7: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. God, we speak to this brain aneurysm. Sunday. Now, God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I command the pressure to go back to normal. We command that every blood vessel, Lord, in her brain go back to normal, that it be restored, not just repaired, but brand new. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that God, that she is healed according to the word of the Lord. That God, she has full mobility, full eyesight, full health. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, Lord, you said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now the anointing of God, we loosen in the name of the Lord, that, oh God, from this moment on, there's nothing but restoration and healing. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
3: It hallelujah. Like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. They look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles, yeah. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Amen. Hey, when you
7: leave here today, I want you to start thinking in. That you are in the posture of tarrying. That doesn't the Bible say in Ephesians, you know, and Jesus there said tarry, which literally means to sit down. And it was in the sitting down posture that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and authority. Doesn't Ephesians say that Jesus has made you and I to what? Sit with him where? In heavenly places. <clears throat> so, I want you to start thinking in terms of when we come together as a church. We're tarrying. When you get up in the morning, I want you to get up in the posture of your spirit men sitting in Christ, and you're waiting for the promise. That's what the Lord said tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father. You know what the Word of God is? It's a promise to you. I will heal you of all your diseases. Train up a child in the ways they go, and when they're old, they shall not depart from it. Hallelujah. I will prosper you. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I will give you long life and satisfy you. Hallelujah. These are things that God has promised us. So, when you leave, ask God, okay, Lord, give me a language that's a heavenly language, a pure language, that when people hear me speak, when the world hears you speak, they won't hear tongues those people that heard them speak didn't hear them speak in tongues they heard them speak in their own language and they were glorifying god so i want to encourage you this week you got to think in terms of that i have a language in me that nothing can be restrained that i want to do in the holy ghost we're going to do that Amen. Burton, go ahead and lead us. Hallelujah.
3: It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight- And I look like I'm surrounded And I'm surrounded by you This is how